Hello and welcome to the Awesome in Seattle podcast. Ooh. Yeah. My name is Christian Awesome. We have the lovely Miss... Charlotte Reynolds. There you go. The also lovely Mr. Jason Saldariago. <laughs> That's one way to say it. And the beautiful... This is Anthony Cimenti. <laughs> so you have such a good voice for this. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> You didn't really like that I called you beautiful because you were like, no, I'm not going with that. This is Anthony Chimenti. <laughs> yeah, we're coming at you now with new and improved like mics. You, this is, we're going to do an ASMR uh, podcast like, next <laughs> week probably. It's going to be all about market data in Seattle. It's going to be amazing. And we're going to open cans of cucumbers. <laughs> I and don't if you know don't... that cucumbers came in cans. But okay. Either. Jars. Touche. Touche. <laughs> And if you don't know what I'm talking about, look on YouTube for ASMR cucumber. Okay. No, thank you. I think wow. everybody knows. All right. Knows. So on that note, Jason, why don't you tell us an awesome story about Seattle that has nothing to do with cucumbers? Oh my gosh. Do I have a story for y'all today? So I, um, this kind of is like a, a, a continuation of kind of what we were discussing a couple podcasts ago when we were discussing um, Seattle history. Um, so did y'all know that... Um, there are three areas in Lake Washington of sunken forests. Like a whole forest is underwater? Yeah, like a, a, a huge grove of trees, hundreds of feet tall, are like the canopy of them are 20 to 30 feet below the surface. And they're just Whoa. sitting there like intact with the roots still in the soil. Yeah, so wow. about 1,100 years ago, 900 AD, um, there was an earthquake in the Seattle Fault. That goes straight through downtown Seattle, pretty much. And it caused a couple landslides. And these landslides basically just pulled down an entire three different sections of forests and Mm -hmm. submerged them in Lake Washington. And they remain there today, um, kind of preserved because of the temperature, the low temperature and the low um, uh, oxygen in the the water. Because Lake Washington doesn't necessarily... Rotate water Circulate out. a bunch. So I would think they would like just disintegrate over time. Yeah. You it wouldn't think that they would just stay there. Well. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm from Texas. You move up here and anytime a leaf falls, you just know in a thousand years that's going to be oil. Like it turns into peat. Yeah. It, like it, everything <laughs> here stays. It's crazy. Yeah. In Texas, like in a day, that thing is withered and gone. It's you dust. Know? Yeah. It's dust. Yeah. So are your hopes and dreams. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Interesting. Hence That's why a... Jason is here. Mm-hmm. Girl, that... I packed my car up and I came up here the second <laughs> I could. I said, bye. I was actually in Florida at the time. That's even worse. Even. <laughs> you just love peat. That's why. Oh my God. I was like, I'm going to make my own peat moss. I'm just going to like grab <laughs> leaves and stomp on them. Peat farmer. <laughs> peat farmer. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting and all. And just so y'all know, these three areas, two of them are around Mercer Island. The other one's off of Kirkland. Hmm. Um, so be careful if you're scuba diving. Uh, or were, don't be and go check them out and no, tell us they how they are. Because that's you can get pretty caught crazy. Up in them. But uh, they that's were why an you issue. don't dive alone. Yeah, exactly. True. Yep. They were an issue like 100 years ago, um, actually, in, when they were building the shipping canal. Hmm. Um, they, it, it, trucks were getting... Trucks. Barges <laughs> and stuff were getting stuck in the in the canopy, the I trees, guess. yeah. yeah. And so they, they actually realized that they were there and they used some of them they salvaged some of them at that time for the shipping canal Hmm. but they stopped and they left the rest of them there now that's interesting and all but this is really where i think the story gets more interesting so 
jump forward about a thousand years to <laughs> 1991, I think, early 1990s. This guy, a genius named John Tortorelli, cl- claps for John. He was like, you know what? I'm going to salvage this wood. He, w- he owned uh, Western Wood Lumber, world famous. And uh, he got a, a barge out. And he pulled it over to the east, west side of Mercer Island, and he started salvaging the trees. And the Department of Natural Resources kind of was on him already. They were like, I don't think you have the right permits. What are you doing? What's going on? But then he broke a sewer line mm. while doing this. And that's when the Department of Natural DNR was like, what the hell? What is what is happening? Hmm. And they were they slapped him on the wrist and... and uh, um, he got sent to jail because he was found to be stealing these trees. It is called a timber pirate, which is the coolest name ever. Yeah. That should be, that should be our new hockey team's name. It should. Yeah. The timber Timber pirate pirates. (laughs) Yeah. Timber Timber pirates. Yeah. That sounds awesome. (laughs) I like that. I'm going to propose that to NHL Seattle. I like the Seattle cold. I will. Seattle freeze. You mean the Seattle Seattle freeze. freeze, Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's so, so fitting. It's so good that I had it wrong, but it is a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fitting. Well, that's a crazy story. Is there more to that, or is that well, it? Well, so he illegally seized one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars worth of trees. Dang. Um, and it actually went all the way up to the state, the Washington State Supreme Court, and in a precedent-setting ruling, they de- they determined that these trees um, were the the property of the state. So Weird. he got sentenced to three and a half years. He's wow. living and breathing still, I believe. So. so how was he salvaging the trees? He got a, a barge and he like cut them off. So he'd like go underwater, underwater so, with a chainsaw of some sort yeah, that's correct. waterproof. Yeah. And the trees were amazing. So he actually sent 18 samples like cores to uh, two scientists and they dated them uh, by the, te- the tree rings. And yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's so, crazy. There's pictures online. It's like a sunken forest. It's That's there crazy. sitting. <laughs> so when are you going to start uh, Jason's underwater submerged forest tours? Oh, I started that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't in Lake Washington. <laughs> I don't want to know about that. <laughs> well, some people do because I'm still in business. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have any Groupon deals for that one. <laughs> Not yet. Google it. <laughs> All right. Um, Charlotte. I want to hear more about Northgate. I know that you run the Awesome in Northgate Instagram account, and it's been blowing up recently. And you always have really cool, interesting stories. Um, what's kind of the latest with the redevelopment? What's going on? Yeah, so I mean, there's really a lot going on around the whole area. But I found this really cool document, just made available to the public. So <laughs> I mean, you can probably find it too. Um, but there's like all, it's like a 200 page document. It's crazy about like wow. all the development plans for it and everything. And um, one thing that I found interesting that I just saw the other day was the green space that they're adding. So everybody knows right now that Northgate Mall is just, it's really just this kind of like ugly eyesore just off I-5. It's really it is nice. beautiful <laughs> and thriving. <laughs> okay, Jason. We or have not. different definitions of what that means, but it's okay. It's basically a giant uh, mall in the center with parking lots surrounding it. And yeah. just tons of construction. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. It's nice and nice and yeah. gray, which yeah, yeah. everybody loves. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was reading about all the green space that they're proposing for it, and I kind of describe it as, like, um, 
University Village, mm. nice and open, but like way bigger. I think there mm. was like 300,000 square feet of proposed like open outdoor space. Holy cow, like a park so, type yeah, space. Yeah, exactly. But mm. it's kind of all spread out throughout the whole development. It's not really all just in one place, mm-hmm. which is nice. It really does um, look like U Village. Some of those some of the draw- renderings. Render- the renderings. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like where they have the shops and you yeah. know, like the near the stadium area and yeah. out- outside. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I think it's going to be really beautiful. It's going to be definitely a lot better than what they have there now. Mm-hmm. I will definitely spend more time there. <laughs> so remind me again, when is light rail supposed to be opening at Northgate, that station? 2021 is there. So we're only like a year and a half, two years yeah, away. We're getting pretty close. That is super close. I mean, it's crazy because I drive by there. I'm up there all the time and just seeing the progress on a day-to-day yeah. basis. It's like super apparent that they're moving really quickly on it. So I definitely see that you know, moving on, on track. So yeah, and they have, so they're doing so much. So they're, they're building that pedestrian bridge. They're building mm-hmm. light rail. They're redoing. So there's going to be like two hotels, right? Yeah. Two hotels, like over 300 guest rooms. Man, oh man. Two of them. One of them, maybe an extended stay. I, I think would imagine on the, that it one probably of the would be. But who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cause if you think about it, if they have, you know, the light rail will be open at this stage. It's 15 minutes to downtown. Yeah. So that'll just. That's true. That's insane how travelers. quick that is. Yeah. When's the last time you drove from Northgate to downtown in 15 minutes? That's not like, like a, a yeah, yeah Sunday morning. Say, like, but yeah. but yeah. can you even do it then? That's the, that's the question. Can you? I think it's possible, but not. Not typical. legally. Not typically, yeah. <laughs> not when you want yeah. it to be. Like, yeah, when exactly. you're going to work is when you want it to be 15 minutes, not yeah. when you're not like 45 or an hour. driving in the middle of the night. Like, mm, yeah. where are you going, Jason, at 3 a.m.? <laughs> we don't talk about these on, our po- on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, not to do a segue here, but if anybody's following the light rail with the uh, Ballard and West Seattle branches, mm-hmm. it is getting interesting. The city... Uh, kind of said, you know what, we're going to do another entirely different proposal and do a tunnel for both. Whoa. Yeah, so it will be talking about this in the future a lot. Interesting. There's a lot of change, so we'll see how this yeah, plays Yeah, because they like narrowed it down and they had all this community three proposals, voting, yeah, vote. Three alternatives. Or yeah, and now they're mm-hmm. throwing a wrench into it and here's number four. And but it's like $5 billion more than what oh, Yeah, but they're like, this. Ha- it has to be this way. It looks like, but they're doing the... They asked, if I'm not mistaken, they asked for the environmental impact statement for like all of the wow. alternatives instead of just picking one or two. Mm. So yeah, Jeez. we'll see what happens. It's a lot of money. At least Northgate's getting ready to open up. Speaking of Northgate, uh, on Wednesday, what is the date on Wednesday? I don't the know. 8th. The May 8th. 8th. Yep. May 8th at 6 p.m. in Northgate at the Watershed Pub. What do we got going on? Beers and home buying. Woohoo! <laughs> we got our next beers and home buying class. That's it. Wednesday, May 8th, 6 p.m. If you are interested in coming, they're totally free. Free beer, free food, and free education. Free education, exactly. Um, in this case, this is one of the few where you don't get what you pay for, you get a lot more. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this class, we've been giving it for years and years at this point, almost five years, probably six years now. And. Yeah, if you're interested at all in learning about the home buying process, you should definitely attend. And if you are interested in attending, you just have to go to beersandhomebuying.com. That's it. Oh, yeah. Market, let's do a quick real estate, Seattle real estate market update. Um, Jason, Anthony, who wants to say something about that? You can go for it. You can start it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of 
not boring, but it's not exciting <laughs> like it has been because in the past, you know, every few months, like, oh my God, there's a change. There's a change right now. Yeah. If you just look at a graph, we're not talking about numbers at the moment, but if you just look at a graph, Anthony really called this out. It looks like a correction where we hit a huge, um, you know, the historic high last mm -hmm. May in terms of median sales price. So the average house in Seattle was um, $750,000 that made national news. Yeah. And then it went down $110,000. And that was over January. It dropped. Yep. Not in one month. It was a slow decline from whatever you said, May Correct. last year until January this year. Yep. And then it's come back up. So right now it's right in the middle, 700000 Yeah. Is so the median sales price. That's so. crazy. But that's also pretty typical for the season because real estate is so seasonal and pricing and inventory also follow that same seasonal kind of like a bell curve mm -hmm. um, from January to December. So that's right in line with that. Yep. Very true. So it'll be interesting to see in the future. I say this, I feel like every time because I want to know the trend, but you can't tell the trend until you're in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so I look forward to going back to the future in the future and looking back and saying, oh my gosh, this was a correction or it kept appreciating or this is just a seasonal thing. But I call uh, you Michael J. Fox from now on. Do it. Do it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I wanted to add a bit um, to what you were just talking about. So uh, there was an article that just came out in the Seattle Times. I think it was just a few days ago. It was definitely this week. Um, and they were talking about how uh, there was this sort of split in the market that was happening. Hmm. Um, and what they were talking about was was basically they had um, divided the market into three different sections. So it was houses that were more than uh, houses that were more than six hundred thousand um, dollars, houses that were less than three hundred and eighty five thousand dollars, and then the houses in between were the third hmm. section. So zero to three eighty five, three eighty five to six hundred, and yep. six hundred and, and above. Yep. Okay. Um, and what it was showing is that those houses six hundred and above actually had a slight decrease um, year over year in what Jason was talking about in that um, median uh, median price. Hmm. And the houses that were in the bottom section of that, so three eighty five um, and below. Uh, they actually saw an 8% increase year over Dang. year. So um, I thought that was kind of interesting. You, they were talking about areas that were maybe a little bit outside of um, the Seattle metro area, um, which is where you're going to find houses in that price range. Mm -hmm. um, you know, more Snohomish County, um, Pierce County. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting too, just to see that um, there, was, there was kind of some dynamics within the market that yep. were... And those are kind of always at play and mm -hmm. it's whether or not you can pick them out uh, and really put numbers to it or not. And that's mm -hmm. kind of, that's where, I mean, whenever, if ever you are looking to buy or sell, you just got to choose a real estate agent that knows your price range in your neighborhoods, because there are always little mini dynamics, much like Anthony just pointed out within the market. And if there's an agent that is actually paying attention and doing transactions and helping people buy and sell in that area, just like what you're looking for, they're going to know those things. Even if the, the stats aren't showing them necessarily, they're going to know them. Well, not to toot your own horn, 
Lord knows your horn don't need more tooting. Okay? Um, <laughs> don't ask my wife. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But uh, you've been saying this for the last two years. It, you always use the analogy of a ripple. You know, mm-hmm. you drop like a stone in a pond and it ripples out in a circle, you know, yep. a, conti- from the center. Mm-hmm. And what we saw over the last few years was crazy appreciation in the heart of Seattle and Capitol Hill, Belltown, South Lake Union, yep. um, Fremont, all these areas very central to the city. And then... It's as if it got saturated. People, you know, just got so ridiculous in a way. People are, it's like, it's not worth this. Mm -hmm. So people are now looking more on the perimeter. So you're seeing now like in Shoreline and West Seattle and Burien, even White Center, these areas with much bigger price increases compared to what we're seeing in the center. Um, And another way to show that too, it's like a volcano erupting and the center was downtown Seattle and that's where it was the hottest. And then the the magma, the lava, flew or went further away from the center. And that's kind of what's happening with prices. You know, they're still hot, but they're just going out further and further. And the, they're cooling in the middle as it as it separates away from the top of the volcano. Another analogy would be... Because we need um, three analogies. Maybe, <laughs> like, the, and timely, we can continue on this path. Measles outbreaks. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. We actually, let's see. Yeah, we got to get out of here um, because we're teaching another homebuyer class. <clears throat> we're actually doing that tonight at Stoop in Ballard. Oh, this is going to be fun. It is awesome. If you have never been to Stoop uh, Brewing in Ballard, you are missing out. And if you've ever been looking for an event space in Ballard, they have a suite upstairs that, I mean, you can do meetings kind of like what we're doing tonight where they, I think we have seating for 30 plus people in there. We better. I know. We have like 40 signups. So that's going to be, <laughs> Oh my goodness. people are still signing up this I afternoon, know. by the way. It's a good um, problem to have. Yes, it is. But, uh, but yeah, if you're ever looking for a venue for something like that, um, or just a private party or something, they have a great upstairs or uh, anything or it's anything. the perfect summer venue. They I know awesome they have a huge garden. outdoor area. Exactly. Yeah. And can I just say like, they took us on a tour and stuff and mm-hmm. they love their job. Uh, they love yeah. beer so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I'm a whiskey guy. Okay. Beer doesn't toot my horn too much, <laughs> but I mean, the employees kind of made me like want second to. guess myself. I like, I want to yeah. learn about this. Yeah, they're you know, so fascinating. Into it. Yeah, there's a lot of beer that they age in bourbon barrels and stuff. I yeah, I know. And that, and like, if they, you know, they're like, this one was at 90 degrees, and this one was at 70 degrees, and you're like, this one's mind like blown. 35 degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. So that's it. That's this episode of Awesome in Seattle. Um, we will see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye.